Welcome to the Michelle Mission, Two Men, One Podcast, every black film ever made. My name is Vincent Williams, and I'm joined as always by my partner. Hey, holla at your boy. This is Len, a.k.a. the Bat Tribble. And on tonight's show, we will continue, as my partner would put it, the Kiki Palmer renaissance Mm. by going back to when many of us were introduced to her for the first time. 2006's Aquila in the B, starring Lawrence Fishburne, Angela Bassett, a host of really good young actors. Mm-hmm. Curtis Armstrong, who I have to say, I, I'm sure I've seen him other places besides Revenge of the Nerds, but <laughs> that's where I'll always think of him from. Directed and 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 written by Doug Atchison. This was the choice of Lynn Webb on tonight's stop. But before we get into that, how you doing, Lynn? What's going on? Well, Vincent, I'm glad you asked because <laughs> big things are going on here in Missionville. Oh, okay. Vincent. Yes, sir. I don't know if you were made aware of this. And if you were not, then that's my faux pas. Okay. The Michelle Mission was recently, as of just a couple of days ago, nominated for a Black Podcast Award. Well, that is just fantastic. I know. I know. It's always good to be recognized. It It is. We were nominated for the 2022 Best Black Film slash TV Podcast. Okay. All right. We were nominated alongside... Black Love, The Interviews. Okay. And The Pilot Podcast. Okay. And the Michelle Mission is right in there. All right. And congratulations to those two podcasts. Yes. Well. Yes. Big time congratulations to, to everyone. And mm-hmm. um, it's very cool. It's very exciting to be nominated. It is. Always. For, always. For, you know, for, a, for an award. It's, yeah. It's nice. All right. Nice to be recognized. Well, thank you for those of you who have supported us and and thank you for the nomination and you know let's keep our fingers crossed yeah let's keep our fingers crossed i think they actually will announce the award sometime in october okay so all right um, you know but until then i think we can get and kind of like you know go and uh you know start our campaign start our campaign for for start our campaign i can't go to like costco and grab one of the roasted chickens and just walk out and say, don't you know who I am? No, 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 not yet. No, no, because that might, that might like, you know, like kind of like, no, right. Like, probably like, 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 like kill it for us. Right. And you know, it'd be in the paper. Black man steals chicken. That probably doesn't look good. Yes. Right. Well, it won't be black man because we've been nominated for the black podcast award. Okay. So that means that the Chiron will say, Vincent Williams of the Michelle Mission, formerly of formerly the Michelle <laughs> Steals Chicken. That's no good. That's no good. Okay, so we'll just campaign. Vincent was heard to say, "My name is Brett Farr." <laughs> that's not even funny. I don't even follow sports, boy. That's yeah, but you know that story, right? That's some bullshit right there. <laughs> um, Shout out to missionaries in Mississippi. We're, we're thinking about y'all. We have some listener mail, Vincent. Hey, missives from the missionaries. We have a listener mail from Miss Cherie Garrett DeBrist. Oh, 
Oh, my cousin. Hey, Cherie. Your cousin. Mm-hmm. That's right. Good afternoon. I just finished Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul after hearing your outstanding review last week. Okay. It did not disappoint. I do have three cents to share. Okay. All right. All right. Well, we will take all the pennies. That's right. Uh, because we have to pay for this skywriting <laughs> right. as we campaign. As we campaign. Uh, for your consideration. <laughs> Uh, number one, I was not as bothered by all the two subtle changes in the film technique when shifting in and out of documentary mode. It made made me rely on the changes in Trinity and Lee Curtis expression and body language. Sterling and Regina taught a masterclass with how they managed that. Yeah. Number two, I know you preferred the sermon rehearsal to be part of the documentary, but I think they needed that space to allow Trinity to verbalize what she has been holding in when the cameras are rolling. She showed some teeth in her criticism of his delivery and that showtime is just as important to her as it is to him. See, I hear you, Cherie, but um, I disagree a little bit because I do think that even in that scene, She's still, even though she's being critical of him, mm-hmm. she's still very much like rain reining it in. Yeah. And almost has still a bit of a superficial face about him, especially and especially telling when he comes up to her after delivering it and gives her and gives her his reason for why he delivered it that way and how much he actually was heartfelt in his delivery of the sermon. And that's what he was trying to pour into the words and uh, um, in his performance of the sermon up there on the stage. When she says words to the effect, well, I guess we want to see that. Yeah. Like she's still, it's like, she's very sarcastic, but she still is very reined, very reined in. And it, and, and it almost still felt like a for the camera type of, moment you know and i disagree with you for a different reason okay. and we didn't because it, going along with with to my mind one of the great themes of the film and that is lee curtis as a predator mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. his body language when he comes off of the pulpit and comes towards her and it's like over her it's very threatening okay i love the fact that she doesn't bend yeah. Like she's not phased at all by this man who, again, you get these snapshots, like you get these quick moments where you see the fangs. Mm-hmm. And this, in my mind, if the camera is off, he lets it slip more readily. It kind of goes along. There's a moment earlier in the film where he talks about they had um, deacons. And they got rid of the deacon board mm-hmm. and it gets real cold and real serious. You know, you talked about a, a disobedient follower and his voice, like it's Sterling K Brown, the serious actor and the look on her face where she's like, okay, you're telling too much. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like that as a moment that the camera isn't on because of that, because this is another moment like him in the gym with the sound man where he thinks nobody is watching and it slips a little bit. Okay. All right. All right. I'm not going to legislate this again. I, I, I still feel you still wanted, you wanted a documentary. 
Yeah, I still feel like it. I I feel almost as I honestly almost feel like that scene was shot as if it was they meant for it to be part of the documentary mm-hmm. because and, the way the camera is behind them. Right. And they messed up the aperture or, or whatever. Right. You know, maybe in the storytelling, they decided to ch- make the change. But I don't I just don't. But that's just me. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's whatever. It's whatever. The last of Cherie's pennies. Three. Lastly, and sadly, the scene where when Trinity couldn't take her eyes off the young men in the mall, that was all too familiar to any woman that has ever been cheated on. Mm. You find yourself looking at strangers wondering, is that his type? It is part curiosity and part hostility. Thank you always for giving me something to ponder and keeping me in stitches. Uh, Sheree. All right. Well, that's an interesting viewpoint. I, yeah. I didn't think about it that way. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think about it that way. Yeah. So, like, by that read, those might not have been the young men. Well, I don't. They think, were just a group of young men. Well, I think I I think the now the and even by the end of the film, you're you're. I don't think you're meant to believe anymore by the end of the film that they were men, young men that had anything to do with had the any, church. Right. They were just young men. They were just young men. Yeah. Um, but her read on that, I guess I I, I hadn't thought about that. I sure. still think it's kind of weird to just be sitting there staring at people. Yeah. But I mean, I guess it does. It can happen. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, and, and that would then play in to the satire of it is because that's, that could be like a black comedy type of dependent, you know, if you arch it right. I don't right. think it's arched in that particular way, but I could see it arched in that way. Right. Um, the, the, the thought behind the scene. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you for the email. That's your cousin. Am I saying her name correctly? Mm-hmm. Sheree. Sheree. Mm-hmm. Okay. I want to make sure that I'm saying it right. Yeah. Cause I, I've, I've gotten castigated by some people. I, I know. It's all right. Feel feel like, Miss Elena, I'm talking about oh, yeah. you. Do, you do need a hug? Or are, you, are you okay? No, 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 no. I'm fine. I'm fine. So that was our listener mail. All right. That we got. We also want to give props where props are due. Yes, sir. I don't know. Uh, I know you didn't make it out to the movie theaters. I did week, not. But I did not. I recently have joined seemingly all of Black America. Yes. In seeing The Woman King. Yes. Latest. Uh, historical action flick mm-hmm. from uh, director Gina Prince Bythewood. Yes. Of the old guard fame. Yes. I was about to say, is this her second action? I really, really her big out. second action. Thing. Yeah. 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 the old guard. Um, and starring Viola Davis, mm-hmm. Lashana Lynch, mm-hmm. and uh, Tuso Mbetu. Mm-hmm. And, and John Boyega is in And right. John Boyega. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, this is, uh, um, it, it went on to gross, I think, just short of $20 million in yeah. its opening yeah. weekend. To exceeded open. expectations. Very much exceeded expectations. Number one in the box office. And uh, as someone who did see, sit and look at the film, I enjoyed it a great deal. Okay. Um, I enjoyed all of the performances, uh, especially Tucson Betu and Lashana Lynch. Um, Viola Davis, you know, you can't, you know, it's Viola Davis and 
So she's always killing it. John Boyega is definitely in a supporting mo- role, mm-hmm. but he's good as well. I mean, it's just really, really uh, a good film. I, you know, call on everyone. If you haven't had the opportunity to make it to the theaters yet, please find your way to the um to the to the theaters and check it out it really really is real dope yeah yeah very happy for all involved also worth noting that viola davis was a producer mm-hmm. so you know you love the business end of it yeah where where yeah. you you know gina prince prince bythewood or by the wood because i've actually heard i've heard interviews, th- yeah yeah and, but it's the funniest thing is i heard an interview where both Pronunciation for you, right? But um, as a director, as mm-hmm. a black woman director, fantastic. Uh, love the production. So yeah, congratulations yeah. to all. Yeah, and and I listened to an interview of her on one of my favorite podcasts. Uh, Jamel K- jo- Jamel Hill is unbothered. Mm-hmm. She did an interview with her, and she was talking about how you know this is her only only her second action film, but she's really she loves action. She loves she's, doing. I mean, I haven't seen this, but she's good in the old guard. Yeah, and she's and she's no joke. She's like the no action joke is this. fantastic. And shot one of her her edicts of action is like, of course, like at times you have to have like special effects and mm-hmm. things of that nature. But she's definitely you know old school practical, mm-hmm. and as much as possible, she wants the stunts to be done by yeah the actors. Yeah, so almost every single one of these actors are doing their own stunts and that includes viola davis who has always been a beast but viola davis is not 22 years old anymore right you know what i mean but she they they are all cut they are all diesel they are all no joke less uh lynch she's already kind of like in that mode already because of the some of the films that she's already done Mm -hmm. but um everyone else got like like rock hard rock rock steady and it it's just a beast Uh, it, it, it's really just a very, very, very um, good film. I All really right. enjoyed it. Excellent. From all aspects. All right. So let's see. Uh, Sharon Eldridge actually says that she dragged her, herself to see it Sunday night just to be sure to give it my opening weekend money. It was good, beautiful performances. Thank all you. right. I wanted to run this little thought by you in real time in front of people which is the best way to do these things <laughs> i came up i i had two ideas for mm-hmm. a top five i okay. ultimately went with one but the but the, my first idea was because this movie Aquila and the bee mm-hmm. is focusing on the national the scribs national spelling day yes which is a a sport if espn is to be believed yes and, and definitely a competition i was about to say because if you've ever watched them it's it's thrilling it is no joke um so because of that i was actually thinking about okay well then what what do i want to talk about sure so i was going to do like top five um crazy like top five movies about like crazy competition sure sure stuff like that sure so that'd be running man death wish 2000 um my year already off and running i was about to say i guess logan's run wouldn't count uh no yeah yeah because it's, it's not, not a yeah, yeah yeah major league yeah but major league is it's, it's still about baseball that's not crazy oh all right it had to be crazy well at least out of out of the order so death race death 3000 race. running man cannonball run 
see, but see, all right, see, but Death Race 3000 and Cannonball Run are also kind of like, you know, like they're, they're racing type of things. Yeah, but they're, they're, yeah. The setting is crazy, but like the, the, the whole idea of it is still not, like not as unordinary. You know what I mean? I mean, because it's, it's cars racing. Yeah, but, well, Death Race 3000 is like Mad Max cars. True. I mean, but okay. So, you know, it's okay. Like, well, I mean, Cannonball Run, I'll give you, but come on, man. Death Race 3000, people are getting killed. Fair enough. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, you actually said Running Man. I actually forgot about Running Man. How do you forget about the greatest crazy sporting event movie that's ever made single-handedly the reason why regular sports bore me? Well, here's why. Because as I was thinking about this, I started thinking about like I wanted a contest that was out of the ordinary, mm-hmm. but I didn't want it to get too far into the weeds to like insane. So like, that's why like I didn't do the Hunger Games. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? And 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 that's probably why Running Man never came right. to me. So right. I tried to keep it at least some level of groundedness because right. Akila and the Bee is still it's it's still right. It's grounded. Right. And so I was kind of trying to come up with top five. And I couldn't come up with a top five. Okay. Because you know how sometimes you'll come up with five, but there's one that just stands so far above the rest. Yes. That the other ones are just runner ups to it. Exactly. In my mind, there was one that is so far above the rest. Mm-hmm. Like it didn't, like you can't even see number two through five. And that would be? That would be over the top from 1987. <laughs> Starring Sylvester Stallone. Like, I ain't even make a graphic for it. Like, because, like, there's no more dumb, yet weirdly grounded <laughs> contest sports it's, competition I was, movie. I, I think that's a real thing, though, isn't it? Like, competitive no. arm wrestling, I think, is a real thing. Okay, okay. <laughs> All right. All right. First of all, first of all, first of all, you have to tell people what this oh, is. Oh, I'm about okay. to tell you. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to give you ladies and gentlemen, in case you, you are not know, cause this is an old movie. It's from the, it's from the eighties for God's sake. It's from 1987. Oh, so much cocaine in the height of Stallone-ness. Oh. Stallone's Sylvester, his name, plays a trucker. And a clue, uh, according to IMDb, he plays a tough trucker. <laughs> now, he has a name. Vincent, do you remember what's... Don't look it up. I, I don't remember off the top of my head, no. I'm not even going to... I'm not even... <laughs> Stallone plays tough trucker Lincoln Hawk. <laughs> it sounds like the character was supposed to be black. That's the kind of name they always give to black characters. Obsidian Johnson. <laughs> Cole Jackson. <laughs> See, yes, you're right. He would be cold. He'd be black. Because if he was white, he'd be cold. Right, 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 right. 
tough trucker. I think that's what the blacks name themselves. Somebody give me another bump. <laughs> tough, tough trucker Lincoln Hawk <laughs> is determined to win back his son and triumph at the World Arm Wrestling Championships. Now, what that description leaves out is that Lincoln Hawk, while being a trucker and jetting across the country, is hustling at underground arm wrestling. That's right. Matches. There's a, there was an underground. There's a whole underground network. (laughs) All I remember is that he had his son with him. Yeah. And he was trying to reconnect with his son son. because he had gotten a divorce Mm -hmm. because 1987. Exactly. And people were getting divorces. Exactly. Yeah. So it was ripped from the headlines. So he's hustling. At these underground arm wrestling, you know, matches. However, the rules don't really work here. <laughs> however, he needs the big dollars of the um of uh, of God of the the national arm wrestling championship. Because it the winning prizes and the prestige. Well, it's not so much the prestige. He needs the one hundred thousand dollars to secure a mortgage for a house for for his house somewhere where you can live, Jimmy. You can have your own bedroom. <laughs> I don't know if his son was named Jimmy, but it, it seems like his son would have been named Jimmy. <laughs> um. Uh, his son was named uh, Michael. Was he played by his actual son? No, no. Okay, so that was just in Rocky. That was just um, in Rocky Five. No, not Rocky Five. Rocky, maybe five. Is it five? Because yeah, because I think it's, it's like a little older. Right, right. Because that's the one with Tommy Gunn. Mm. Uh, Remember, you told me two years ago he was an actual boxer, <laughs> and it blew my mind. Yes, this ain't no boxing match. <laughs> And they was fighting in the backyard. Okay, we're gonna have to pull this in because you know 80 Sylvester Stallone <laughs> movies. I'll I'll just sit here for a half hour. Oh God. Mm. So yes, over the top would have been so much better than anything else on the list. Yeah. Except yeah. Running Man. Except- like I'm glad you didn't think of Running Man. Because those two would have really, they would have been like the anchor stores of the shopping mall that would have been your top five over the top sports movies. Uh, Farrell Blackwell, I don't know whether or not this is uh, actual or not, is, is saying that over the top was a role that was meant for Carl Weathers. You know what? But Sylvester Stallone taking the role is what led to the rift in their friendship. First of all, I didn't even know Sylvester Stallone and Carl Weathers were friends. I mean, I knew that they were in a movie together. A I mean, of course of you knew they were friends. Like, I mean, that's one thing about Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, I think they really hooked up a lot of black actors. A lot. Look, I think that was, they always pulled people in. Like, I think in certainly the Rocky movies. Mm, okay. I did not hear that. I've never known that about the over-the-top background story. Yeah, me, me neither. But certainly that's something I'll be looking into. I didn't go, I didn't, well... Do that for your own podcast. We won't be doing it for this one. 
because that will not be on this podcast. Lincoln Hawk does sound like a black character. Well, yeah, Lincoln. Like Lincoln doesn't sound like a, a, a white guy would name themselves Lincoln. Are there any? Are there any famous white Lincolns well, besides Abraham? <laughs> like first name Lincoln? No, I don't know. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. I thought you were looking at that. No, you, you, come on now. You know I'm. Okay, so so that's not my top. That's five. not your top five. That's not my top five. All right. So then I went another way, thinking about Aquila and the B. Okay. And you kind of like leaned on it in the beginning in your intro in regards to Kiki Palmer. Yes. And the seeming renaissance she is having um, because of her performance in Jordan Peele's Nope. Mm-hmm. And as well, and, and to me, I think she also does an incredible voice performance in Lightyear. Okay. Uh, and she was my favorite part of the HBO Max um, series Legendary. Okay. As a judge on that um, show that is about ballroom. Mm-hmm. Ballroom houses. houses. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. That. Um, so thinking about that and thinking about her career, I decided that I was going to do the top five black girl magic the acting division. Top five. Who's your top five? My top five is. My top five is. Now, what this is, is. My top five is. Young black actors, actresses, that have found their, a way to be successful in movies when they were young. Okay. And continue to find success in the movies. Okay. Even at an older age. Okay. Okay. And 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 I kept it fairly recent. Sure. You know? Um so starting at number five. Number five. I have Storm Reed. I was hoping Storm Reed would show up. Who was seen in A Wrinkle in Time, mm-hmm. the Ava DuVernay movie. Uh, which is not that old, actually. I know. Um, but was also very recently seen in the Suicide Squad. Yeah. Um, in a smaller role. She's in something else, either coming out or just like I just saw Storm Reed somewhere. Well, I know she is. Um, she had a role in Euphoria. She was in The Invisible Man. She was also I think she's in the last. I think she's going to be in the movie or is in the movie The Last of Us. Um. I'm going to go to our IMDb, see if, see what she is currently working on. Storm Reed. Yeah, I like Storm Reed. Who? Yeah, I like, yeah, her, I like her a lot. Yeah. I do like her. I do. I, I find myself enjoying her work. Um, oh, I, I had forgotten. Apparently, she was in Slight. Okay. I, I must have missed her uh, in Slight. Uh, she, Euphoria, The Invisible Man. When they see us, she was of course. When they see us. I, I'm not exactly sure because I'm now going down. Okay, here. but yeah, Storm Reed. Yeah, absolutely. Storm Reed doing good work. Mm-hmm. So and, and and I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if she didn't find her way to television. Mm-hmm. But I would be 
ha- happy if she was find a way to just navigate in the movies. Right. You know, keep it keep it moving. All right, number four. Number four. Sanaya Sydney. Okay. Who we saw in Fences. Okay. And then very recently is in King Richard. Okay. I still have not seen King Richard. What are you waiting for? I know. <laughs> I know. Vincent. I know. Come on, man. I know. You need to get up on it, man. I know. This rewatch of DuckTales isn't going <laughs> to. Are you rewatching DuckTales? I am rewatching I actually am. Like I started watching okay. on, a, on a rim, let's, on a whim, and then I just put, got completely pulled in. Let's put a pin on that for trailer talk. Okay. okay. All right. uh, so, yeah, uh, she was in King Richard. She plays Ven- uh, Venus Williams. Okay. In, in King Richards. Uh, she was also the young girl in Fast Color, a film that we both enjoyed. I, and, and she was phenomenal. Excellent in Fast Color. Excellent in that. And I like that she, again, at, at a, a young age is make that, make, make that movie money. You yeah. Know? Make that movie money. God bless you. Uh, wow. Born in 2006. Don't do that. That's crazy. That in, in therein lies madness. <laughs> don't even don't even do that. I I know, right? Yeah, don't even don't even do that. <laughs> she was born in 2006. Right. Vincent, I'm yeah. good Google me, googly. Yeah. Um, all right. Number three. Number three. Journey Smollett. Of course. I got it. Of course. Journey Smollett, of course, uh, famously from Eve's Bayou. Yeah, in some ways the OG. Mm-hmm. Well, this. yeah, because yeah. I think she's just maybe just 30. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Most recently seen in Birds of Prey. Mm-hmm. And, and Lovecraft Country. Well, Lovecraft Country, definitely. Right. And, and Lovecraft, Lovecraft Country, she would did a phenomenal job with. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's a standout enough in Birds of Prey that there is talk and I believe pre-production work being done on a spin-off film. Yeah, well, Black yeah. Canary. Now, yeah. who knows what's happening with HBO? Yes. Whether or not that will actually um, come to bear. But she is someone who we definitely champion. Absolutely. And if, you know, her work in Birds of Prey and in Lovecraft Lovecraft Country and, you know, with that only being a, a one and done season wise, mm-hmm. it allows her the opportunity for someone to like pick her up and put her, you know, uh, as the lead in a film. I, I really hope that happens. Oh, yeah. Really enjoy her work a great deal. Number two. Number two. Number two is Zendaya. Of course. And of, of course, it has to be Zendaya um, who was in Shake It Up very recently in Spider-Man Far From Home. Of course, she is an Emmy, uh, in the Emmy Award winning series, Euphoria. Two years in a row. Uh, on HBO. Mm-hmm. Won an um, Emmy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, for Outstanding Actress. Um, and she is an Outstanding Actress. I actually, you know, Knowing that she was uh, a younger actress, mm-hmm. I remember when the Netflix film, oh, uh, what's it called? Malcolm and... Oh, right, right. With her and... And David Washington. David Washington. Yeah. Uh, it's it's Malcolm. And I, I know you're screaming in the chat, ladies and gentlemen, but I'd like to find these things on my own. Malcolm and Marie. Yeah. And when she was cast in that, I remember thinking... She's kind of young to be cast in that. Right. 
but she holds her own. Well, what I thought was I hope David Washington can keep up. Well, I actually think it's not a bad film. Yeah, yeah, I, st- I still haven't seen it. But like when I heard the cat, hey, th- these DuckTales are not going to watch themselves. Um, yeah, when I heard they were cast, and I like David Washington, mm-hmm. but I was, I was like, I hope he's, I hope he's going to be like, it's just the two of them. Yeah, and it is like literally like, just I, the two of them. I hope he's all right. Well, well, he, you know, it's a, it's a good film. It's a good yeah, watch. But yeah, I like her a lot. Very good watch. And number one, number one, since Kiki Palmer is our, is our featured, featured star. Our featured star. So I wouldn't mm-hmm. be uh, Kiki Palmer. Number one, Amanda Stenberg. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Rue from The Hunger Games. Yeah, it's very, where we met her. And a very recently. Or, her, I, I, or is it her or them? Oh, I, I, I think it's them. Yeah. That's where we met them. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were in Dear Evan Hansen. Okay. Um, and. What I like about Amanla is that they have made a name for themselves also outside of films um, as a spokesperson and an advocate mm-hmm. for LBGTQ uh, rights um, and just seems to be someone who wants to use the platform that they have for the betterment of this world in general. Yeah. And that is always something that I will applaud. And it's no knock to any of the other ladies. No, 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 not at all. But that was, is what foremost makes Amanda stand out. Right. Right. And it actually says that she uses both she, her and they, them pronouns. Okay. Cause we're good. I I, I know. I thought I had heard both. Okay. Um, Phenomenal actor, and, and whatever yes. pronouns you yeah. want to use, yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's yeah. a good list. Yeah, it's a solid list. Is that a good list? Right, right. The, the the five of them should make a film together. Just knocking over stuff and drinking tea. Why do they gotta be knocking over stuff and drinking tea? I said they would also Who enjoy. Who knocks some over tea? stuff and drinks tea? I don't know. That's what the movie's about. That could be the that that could be the the log line. Who knocks over stuff and drinks tea? Five phenomenal young actors, as you've never seen them, coming together to to defeat Kiki Palmer. The tea tumblers. (laughs) Rated R. The tea tumblers. (laughs) Rated R. Okay. All right. Now it is time, Vincent, for the Game of Kings. The Game of Kings. Wish we had some dragons. That's the Degrees of Durville Martin. All right, Ladies and gentlemen, where Vincent will attempt to get in six movies or less from a actor of my choosing to the seventies heartthrob that is. <laughs> Ladies love cool Durville. Yes, they do. <laughs> LL Cool D. Uh, all right, Vincent. Now, this first actor. Okay, I did not come up with this one. This one was presented by our uh, associate producer, Maurice Poplar. Uh-oh. Challenge from Mo. Challenge from Mo. Okay. So in six movies or less. Six movies or less. Derville Martin. Derville Martin. 
two, two. Ed Begley Jr. Ed Begley Jr. See, again, these are TV people. All right, what is Ed Begley Jr. in? All right, what movie is Ed Begley Jr. in? Ah. You should be able to do it in four moves, four movies. If I can remember what movie he's in. Ed Begley Jr. was in, shit, what was he in? What is Ed Begley Jr. in? He's not in a lot of movies, but he's in a few. And I, of course, I don't know if you've seen this movie, but I would, I, I'm pretty certain there is at least I two be- movies that I know that, that I'm safe in saying you saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me one. I just, I just see him on TV. Okay, let me go to his. Like he's a TV guy. Okay, I hear you. I'm going to go to his filmography. Junior. Ooh, no, that'll be that'll be too easy. Um, he's a TV guy. Well, he's he's got a long filmography. Does he really? Mm -hmm. He's got a long filmography. I'm looking at his filmography right now, man, and he. And this is films. This is not television. No, 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 no. I hear you. I hear you. This is at least 40 movies. Ed Begley Jr. Oh, I cannot think of one movie he was in. Okay. I'm going to give you one. Not one. Maybe a hint. He was in the um, femme fatale version of Ghostbusters. The new one? The, the one with the women? Mm-hmm. How do they rope him in the act? That? <laughs> they had a role. <laughs> He's done quite a few roles. All right. It's not going to be fun. I can get to that. Yeah, I can get to that pretty easy, but that's not fun. Okay. Well. Because, uh, you know, old girl is in it with Chris, is, is in um top five with Chris Oh, Rock. that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then yeah. Chris Rock is in. Um, well, it doesn't look like you were going any place. Is is in Boomerang? Okay, uh, okay, with Eddie on. Murphy. Yeah, so, uh, uh-uh. uh, yeah, so that's no fun. All right, all right, I'll give you one of the movies that I, I'm, I think you've seen. Okay, okay. He was in. Begley Junior. Ooh, feels Ooh. like he would be in a Ron Howard movie. Ooh. Did you see Transylvania six five thousand? I did. See, something told me you did. That's not the one it's I was the only in, and all I remember is Tim um Curry. Tim Curry. He was as Ed Begley Jr. was in This Is Spinal Tap. <laughs> <laughs> he is in This Is Spinal Tap, mm-hmm. isn't he? All right, yeah, that's enough to work with. Okay. 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 So, Derville Martin mm-hmm. is in. Okay, because we just brought her up. 
Derville Martin is in five on the black hand side with Leonard Jackson. Leonard Jackson is in Harlem night. No, not Harlem nights. I'm sorry. Coming to, um, no, he's in boomerang with Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy is in coming to America with Samuel Jackson. Who's in. Oh, no, I'm being too cute. I'm being too cute. That's going to be too many because I was trying to get to Fred. Um, What's his name? Willard. I was trying to get to Fred Willard, but it's going to be too many. Is Fred Willard in Spinal Tap? He's not in Spinal Tap, yeah. but he's in one of the other. I was just going to do the Christopher Guest. Hmm. Look, he's in um, same thing. He's in uh, Five on the Black Hand Side with Leonard Jackson. Leonard Jackson is in Boomerang. Boomerang with Chris Rock. Chris Rock is in Top Five with um. I don't, I'm, I'm going to Ghostbusters with with Leslie with, Jones. With Leslie Jones, who's apparently in Ghostbusters with Ed Begley Jr. Okay, very good. You got there. Yeah. You got there. You got there. The other film that I figured that you saw with him is a Christopher Guest film, uh, Best in Show. He's in Best in Show. He sure is in Best in Show because he's the dude at the hotel. Yes. Ed Begley is in Best in Show. Yes. And who else is in Best in Show? Fred Willard. Well, I wouldn't even go on Fred Willard. Eugene Levy. Eugene Levy. Who yeah. is in a film with Samuel Jackson? What's he on Samuel Jackson? It's uh, the Man or something like that. Yeah, I never saw that, but yeah, yeah, but but Best in Show is a pretty target-rich environment. Ed Begley Jr.'s got a long filmography, man. I didn't realize it was this long. He was in like I'm just going to name some of these movies. Yeah. So we got the, of course, all the Christopher Guest films, mm-hmm. as well as This Is Final Tap, which is actually a Rob Reiner film. And I always make that a Chris Guest film because uh, what's Everybody his name? Does, is in it? Yeah, Michael McKean. Like, yeah, you know, all, mm-hmm. almost almost all of them. Yeah, are in there. He was in uh, Eating Raul. He was in um, uh, the In Laws with with Peter Falk and Alan Arkin. Oh my God! I probably have not seen that. I, I saw that on like. A Saturday afternoon once, and said, "Oh wow, this is pretty good." It's a, it's a damn good. Movie. I never would have remembered Ed Begley was in that. He has an uncredited role in Batman Forever. Yeah, he's in Adam's Family Reunion. Yeah, you're not really saying much that I'm going. Oh my goodness, of course he was in that. He was in Autofocus, which is the the film about Bob Crane from uh, that Home I never saw. Oh really? Yeah, never it's saw a movie it. that made Greg Kinnear uh, a star. Yeah. Um, he was in. There was another movie I saw here that was. He was in Pineapple Express. Never saw Pineapple Express. Yeah, it's a dumb little movie. Um, I thought Greg Kinnear really came. So Greg Kinnear was already a star when As Good as It Gets came out. Yeah, like Autofocus was like his big thing. Yeah, that was his. Big I just thing. remember him from that. But go ahead, yeah. please continue. Yeah, that was that, all right. That, 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 all right, Ed Begley's a good one. Very good one. That's a good one. All right, okay, Maurice, that yeah. was a good one. All right, now, okay, 
It's my selection. Okay, your selection. And this should be easier for you. Easier than Ed Begley, hopefully. All right. And six movies at last. Six movies at last. Yeah, from Dervell Martin. Dervell Martin. Two. Two. Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. Interesting. Okay. We probably had a little fun with Jim Carrey. <sighs> Dervell Martin is in the final come down with Billy D. Williams. Billy D. Williams is in Empire Strikes Back with um, Harrison Ford. Mm -hmm. Harrison Ford is in The Fugitive with um, Tommy Lee Curtis. Tommy Lee Curtis? Tommy, um... (laughs) Tom, um... Tommy Lee Jones. I'm sorry. Tommy Lee Curtis. Yeah. I'm back. I'm back. I'm still back on Honk for Jesus. Tom, uh, Tommy Lee Jones, uh-huh. who is, of course, in Batman Forever Ah, with Jim Carrey. Very good. All right. There you go. Well done. All right. We were just, why were we just talking about Batman Forever? I had just mentioned it. Okay. That's what I was listening. Why was I thinking about Batman Forever? You said Ed Begley Jr. was in that uncredited? Uncredited. He asked to take his name off of it, I guess. (laughs) It's like, no, I don't really. Right, right, right. I'll take the check. I'll take the, look, always take the check. Yeah, always take the check. Yeah. Fuck the credit. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so there you go. All right. So there we go, ladies and gentlemen. All right, so that that was very good, Vincent. All right. Shout out to you. Shout out to you, my buddy. Good. Well done. I'm um, looking at everyone here in the chat. They are screaming. I know they are. They, oh man, they, you know, they, they go in. I know. Well, actually, from what I can see, it's, um, there was a bet of whether or not you would mention the Truman Show, but you didn't, met, you didn't need the Truman Show because you went to Batman Forever for Jim Carrey. I'm a fan of the Truman Show. I love the Truman Show. I'm trying to think, but it's, so Jim Carrey and, um, What's my man's name? I just lost him. In the Truman Show? I love him so much on Westworld. I just lost him. Oh, it's... um... Oh, God. I just lost it, too. Oh. um... Looking right at him. Um... His name is... Just look in the chat. I know they're yelling it. They're not. They're not. Um... What is his name? Not Ed. Ed, 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 Ed Harris. Ed Harris. Besides Ed Harris, I don't remember who else is in the Truman Show. I feel like the, the, the young woman is someone, not at the time, but yeah. now. But now is someone. Um, I'll look it up. I do love the Truman Show. That is one of the movies that I, I find myself looking at. I do love the Truman Show. Laura Linney. Laura Linney. Laura Linney plays his wife. Yes. But she plays the like, but she she's in on it. Everybody, well, remember, everybody is in on it. Yeah. Yeah. Ed Harris. Noah, Noah Umberg is uh Emmerich is in there. He's a good actor. I like it. Uh yeah, that's one of those films I find I find myself like every time it comes on, I I I find myself sitting down and I watch it. One of the very rare little rants that I have are the interesting films that Jim Carrey made in the 90s. 
some good films. Like, like, but not even necessarily. I mean, they, they are good, but just interesting. Yeah. Like Cable Guy, Eternal Sunset Eternal, of the Spotless Mind, Eternal The Sunshine, Truman Show. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. I have watched that movie two times. Both times, that movie has left me absolutely crumbling in emotions. I will never watch it again, but I absolutely adore that movie. And he just was making these really interesting movies. Yeah. Yeah. And and he's really, really good in them. Yeah. Smart. Yeah. Deliberate. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And the Truman Show was so ahead of its time. That came out around the same time as another movie that starred Matthew McConaughey that was kind of like the same type of thing. Mm -hmm. Like looking at the real life of some, like cameras Mm -hmm. looking in on the real life of somebody. And I think it was one of those situations where the two films, as far as like box office, kind of like canceled each other's out. Mm -hmm. And I think definitely Truman Show has lived on. Right. Um, to be the the superior film, but that's the one thing I do remember about when it came out. Yeah, yeah, and I think Jim Carrey being in it, I think people were kind of um left cold because they thought it was going to because you weren't sure, and they thought it was going to be kind of madcap because the, the because the and commercials kind of I, I was up, I was it, it's it's like we were talking about last week and and right and people got to the theater and thought that they had someone pulled a fast one on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, good one. All right. All right. Well, now we'll watch a Truman Show, but all right, go ahead. <laughs> all right, name three movies. Three movies. That aren't black films. That aren't black You find yourself, yeah, I got to watch. I mean, I, all right, so I won't say the obvious ones. You, you know, your Scarfaces, your Goodfellas, you know, that kind of stuff. So, okay, so, okay. so like, so not like, not the, not like the, 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 the AFI top 100 ones. Well, uh, all of it, well, except Scarface, but. I mean, I don't know if this. Well, would, how about a film that we. I don't know think. if this would be. Well, yeah, it's, it's a lot of stuff that you probably can figure out. Like the day the earth stood still. Is is one of my favorite movies. The ever. original, the original, oh. the original. The Data Earth stood still. Gets if that's on, I'm I'm in. Uh, you, you know, certainly we've talked about Jaws before. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think of one that's not kind of genre. <laughs> Me and Wendy actually cracked some type of type of weird code of mine. Like, like I realized that that I have like this affection for this group of white women, and like we couldn't figure out why these like like why like why was like why do I have such a soft spot for Lily Tomlin and and Dolly Parton and um Jane Fonda. and Jane Fonda? It was like because I, because it's nine to five. Okay, and I like I I put it all together. This like I, there was a um there was a story about the Netflix show. Oh, um, that, that Jane Font, yeah, and, and like I never, you know, it was like right nine to five, nine to five pulls me in. If if like I will change plans, really, so I love nine to five. That's adorable. Yeah, that's absolutely adorable. Um, so there's three. 
Uh, my three that we wouldn't think of that we wouldn't think so of. so don't talk about wuthering curtains of desire from 1940 starring charles huffington <laughs> all right all right my three films <laughs> color division wuthering right. um, <laughs> curtains of desire Look, <laughs> look, there are some very good black and white films. No. <laughs> yes. Anyway, my three films, you know, <laughs> from the 70s up. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Wuthering curtains <laughs> Wuthering. of desire. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> You know, <laughs> that's got to be the name of our narrative podcast. Yes. Wuthering Curtains. Wuthering Curtains of Desire. <laughs> Tune in as Rick. <laughs> anyway, l- listen. Okay. Listen. All right. 70s <clears throat> division. 70s and up division. 70s up division. Okay. Um, Would be The Truman Show. This okay. Is what, All right. The question. I, I can't turn from it. I, I, I sit and watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we and we're saying white, not black films, not black films. Uh, the other one is Quiz Show. Really? Yeah, with Ralph Fiennes. Interesting. Um, I just, I, I really get, I, I that that movie just draws me in. I saw it. And it was, Totoro. It was very, very good. I've never felt a need to watch it again. But you're saying it? It's it, on. I'm watching. That's a good rewatch film. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's Bet. it. That's it. I will jot that down. And then my other one, and this is in my top five of my favorite films of all time. Mm-hmm. And it's not the only one from the seventies on up, but it's, <laughs> it's the it's the only one that would not be like like you know like on everybody's list. Like sure, the Godfather. Or sure, like and that would be Roxanne with Steve Martin. That's a good movie. I man, I just watched that movie again, like maybe last month. That's a good movie. I, I love that movie. Is the dude, is that the same dude in Always? The guy who is kind of like. Right, the, the big, big dumb jock. jock guy. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't actually know him from anything else but this. I may have seen him in other things, but yeah. I, it didn't resonate. There's one that I like. It doesn't come on that often. What, Always? Always. I've never even heard of it. Yeah, Richard oh. Dreyfus plays a, a pilot, I think, who dies. Richard Dreyfus. Richard Dreyfus, yeah. and then his Just widow so. falls in love with the dude that he either inhabits or he's guiding the dude. It's a neat little movie, but it, but I always conflate that with Roxanne. That's why I thought it was the same dude. Mm. You know, big, tall, square jawed white guy is the foil. That and that's pretty much what that guy is. Yeah, and um, Roxanne. I'm not. I'm trying to. First of all, I'm trying to picture Richard Dreyfus as a as a pilot it's a weird movie that's weird right there yeah um and now i want to look it up i'm sorry i because you got me with richard dreyfus as mm-hmm. a pilot richard dreyfus 1989 mm-hmm. uh, how's how about that year um <laughs> that's not him okay that's not him this this is uh brad johnson that is in this film always which is wow so directed by steven Spielberg. 
It sure is. I didn't know that. And it stars sure is. And I love um, Richard Dreyfuss, but it stars one of my favorite actors of all time, Holly Hunter. Yes, that's right. It's in that movie. Okay. All right. All right. All right. This has been white movie talk. <laughs> Sometimes we watch the movies with the whites. This has been the Spielberg mission. Yeah, let's go watch a white movie tonight. Miss <laughs> um, <laughs> McKeeba says, Vince saying dude brings me such joy. <laughs> I can't do I can't do it justice, Vincent. Give her one. Dude. Dude, it's the Baltimore. Anyway. All right. Let's <laughs> let's get into our review of Aquila and the Bee. All right. We'll be right back with our movie review after we step to these messages. Fanciful. F-A-N-C-I-F-U-L. That is correct, and you have won Crenshaw's inaugural spelling bee. Excuse me. Spell prestidigitation. I'm sorry, sir, but this girl is only 11. Mr. Welch, what is this? Prestidigitation. You know that feeling where no matter what you do or where you go, you just don't fit in? P-R-E-S-T-I-D-I-G-I-T-A-T-I-O-N. Because it's how I feel all the time. Prestidigitation. That's correct. Woo! My name's Akila Anderson, and I'm 11 years old. Dr. Joshua Larrabee thinks you have a chance of going all the way to the National Spelling Bee. It's a tough nut. I've seen it chew kids up and spit them out. So if you want to get there, you can't be a shrinking violet. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, let's go. In a place where dreams are hard to come by. One girl will start a journey. 5,000 new words. 5,000. You consume it. You will own it. And then you know what you'll be. Tired. <laughs> Where the odds are a million to one. You're going up against a bunch of rich white kids. Ratiocinating. What's the language of words? Can I have the definition, please? Magical. Mr. Datism. Akila Anderson. And talent is only the beginning. That's correct. All of Los Angeles is talking about Real it. Real positive. I'm already saying for next year's speech. <laughs> You're doing great. And getting lucky. It's just too hard, mama. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. What does it mean? That I'm not supposed to be afraid. Afraid of what? Afraid of... me. You ain't sure them people want to help you. I bet you just look around, you got 50,000 coaches. Ever since you found out there was the National Spelling Bee, you've seen yourself holding up that trophy. But if you can't say it, you can't win it. So say it. I want to win. You want to win what? I want to win a National Spelling Bee! Yes! Aquila and the Bee. Aquila and the Bee. A 2006 drama written and directed by Doug Atcherson tells the story of 11-year-old Akila Anderson, a 
a South Central student who participates in the Scribs, Scripps National Spelling Bee. Her mother, her schoolmates, and her coach, Dr. Joshua Larrabee. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Angela Bassett, and not quite introducing Kiki Palmer, because she did appear in the film before this, but certainly this is her first time front and center, Miss mm-hmm. Kiki Palmer. This was the choice of Lynn Webb. Lynn, let's talk about Akilah and the Bee. Let's talk about Akilah and the Bee. Um, everything I'm about to say is a preface to my review of the movie. Okay. Oh, okay. Just let you know. So, Akila in the B, which the logline says it all. It's about a young girl from South Los Angeles who tries to make it in the national spelling bee. Cut and scene. But everything else in between of this is the story of friendship, is a coming of age tale. It is a a um a a a mentor story a young young padawan story um and it is the blossoming of a superstar before your eyes in kiki palmer sharing the screen with two certified super superstars of the of their own in large fishburn and angela bassett this film, which was written by Doug, At- written and directed by Doug Atchison, um, actually, it 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 captured in the opening scenes of this high school just some of the the camera angles that he chose looking into the high school from outside the window. So you can see the dust and scratches middle school, middle school, Mm -hmm. middle school. Um, You can see the dust and scratches on the window. You can see the crowded stairwells of all these uniform kids walking up and down. You see the broken lockers. That's three quick scenes in the opening montage of this film. And it sets the scene right there. Mm-hmm. You're in middle school. You see the life of the, the, the liveliness of these kids. They don't seem like they are, they're not, they're not, it's not a typical inner city school as depicted by Hollywood. Mm-hmm. It is a school as it really is in the world. It's just kids getting along, you know, some you don't get along with some you, you, you're you're good friends with and some you just don't even deal with and it's just the hustle and bustle of being a middle a middle-aged kid in south los angeles and it is all captured right there in those first four minutes it sets the scene lets you know it's like okay i know where we are and then it introduced the film introduces you to akila played by kiki palmer as well as her her girlfriend uh, Georgia, played by Sahara Gary. And these two friends, as they are walking up the street, just, contempla- just contemplating life, it are a joy to behold. 
they are it is a friendship that feels real you're immediately inside their friendship um you're inside their friendship even from the beginning when you see them in the classroom um and and it's and, and it's a classroom it's not like like any movie classroom even on television sometimes it's like over the top with the kids like dis- being disobedient and i'm not saying that kids can't be rambunctious in the classroom and these kids were being like you know typical kids in a classroom in that yeah are they talking and they being a little loud and, and but they're not being like straight belligerent or ignorant you know they're being middle aged kids and and even there you still feel that feel their friendship like i i was invited into this world and i felt like i wasn't watching a movie it was almost like i was a fly on the wall in this in the life of this young girl akila anderson um watching her navigate at home with her with her mom who is overworked and, and, and you know always working um her assortment of brothers and sisters she has two older brothers and an older sister because i believe she's the youngest mm-hmm. um they all have a very realistic familiar relationship with one another where there is definitely love but we are all individuals the she's got an older brother who's in the air force who's living it trying to use the the military as way out of his circumstance and by way of him getting out of circumstances you know um is in the corner for his for his younger sister to use all of her gifts to get out of the circumstance she's got an older older sister who is uh, a young a young mother but apparently it's still, you're not left to believe that she is like you know crazy or anything like right that. right she's a young mother right you know and she's got a, a a younger brother who is maybe falling into the streets he's kind of di- dipping his toe in mm-hmm. there and you don't really get a whole lot of insight into his world except that the mother is against it which makes good sense and you get a, a little dip into that he because he's in that family despite what he's getting into he's still got a little bit of a head on his shoulder right you know and there's always and there's still love there with the with the family so all of that feels 100 real and the and the, the other thing that i i loved about that as well is that uh, and i want to give props if i can find it is that all of them feel they feel and look like a family mm-hmm. there's a, a there's a resemblance th- throughout all of them that i appreciate it anyway mm-hmm. akila is um th- they are all you know dealing with their mother who is working home she's a single mom uh, she's a widow Mm-hmm. Um, and Akila had a in in six in only six years because she's eleven in the film, but she lost her father when she, he was six. But in those six years, she developed quite a bond with her father, as all, all of them did. And she seems to be the one that is kind of like taking on a lot of her father's attributes. She they both wear the glasses. Mm-hmm. They both have a thing with words. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and, and Scrabble. Um, so 
she seems to be the the daddy's girl, mm-hmm. daddy's little girl. And she had she has this natural natural affinity for spelling, you know, or or reminding or, or memorizing mm-hmm. words, and it be, because this is her connection with her father. We learn later in the film. Spoiler for a twenty year old, almost twenty year old movie. Well, sixteen year old. Um. So we learn that she she. It, has this affinity for for spelling. The good teacher wants to get her into the spelling bee um, in school. The principal, played by Curtis Strong, of Revenge of the Nerds fame, and like he knows mm-hmm. that's he's always going to be Revenge of the Nerds. Um, but to your point, it's done great work since then. He's the principal. He backs. You know, like yeah, you should do this. One, yes, I ain't gonna lie. This would help the school. It would help our little Crenshaw middle school, but two for yourself and what this could do for you. And he has a old college roommate who is, was also an, uh, a, a teacher and aspiring Spelly B, Spelly B contestant in his past played by Lawrence Fishburne, who eventually de- decides to, uh, agrees to coach Aquila for the national B. And, and that's when the young Padawan situation comes in and he by way of teaching her and coaching her up for the spelling bee is also you know coaching her up for life for how to deal with life how to reconcile with your intelligence not to be ashamed of who you are who you want to be and 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 to fully embrace the idea of manifesting all that you can be mm-hmm. and he and and he gives her all of the weaponry that you need for that he he gives her you know he he teaches about about spelling but he also teaches her about self-confidence he also um breaks down the cheat code about how she's able to spell and, and by keeping things in time they they make that work um he also teaches her about about um being honest and forthright and and dignity um being and and also being uh, mindful that you may sometimes reap what you sow because Aquila has to bend a couple of rules so that she can get make her way to the bee um and it's only through the machinations of the movie a little bit that that things do play out the way that they do so that she can make it to the bee um and i shouldn't say machinations of the movie because it all feels very real and right one yeah, absolutely real it doesn't feel like a any type of uh plot contrivance here so and even though this is a spelling bee movie this still has all the 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 features of name the sports movie right that you you know name them from a, a basketball movie a baseball movie any boxing movie sure it's got all of the all of those in there you know she's she's the underdog at the spelling bee because she's from Crenshaw um there's kids at Woodlawn Hills which is across town who are have a latin class and yeah. they, they they um 
have access to 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 seemingly better schooling and better opportunities to really you know get a leg up in this contest the the reigning second place finalist i think like two or three times second yeah. place finalist uh is at this school in woodland hills and he is a a young boy who is um like driven to win this yeah. by his father yeah and and a scene that is all too familiar from any sports film that we've seen before right. as well right so all the trappings are there and there's even like you know at the woodland hills there's a young young boy named javier who javier becomes, becomes like her, her boy quote unquote maybe i i don't want to say there's a romantic thing between them but there there's a little crush there's a little there's a little crush there's a little it's, i don't even know so much as a crush as a just a an acknowledgement by the two of them that each other's cute yeah but and with that, we're still going to stay in this lane because we've grown into good friends. And mm-hmm. he and and Javier, just to give him his propers, is played by uh, J J R uh, Villarreal, and he does he. I mean, he is great throughout this whole whole film. Yeah. I mean, he basically, to be fair, he's playing like his character he's not asked to stretch a lot but what he's asked to do he does very well because he he easily could have been over the top he's not he still is in the lane in the realistic real world of this film i mentioned Lawrence fishburne angela bassett uh angela bassett as akila's mom Lawrence fishburne as his as her teacher angela bassett is is in full Angela Bassett mode. She's good. She's a stern mother. She's a mother that, as stern as she is, is only because she has witnessed what these streets could do. The streets took her husband away. The streets threatened to take her 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 son away, um, and she will not have that. And as she is struggling to try and keep her son in in check, she at times has to be you know, something gets lost in the shuffle. Mm-hmm. And and at, at times that's Aquila and her dreams with the spelling bee. It's real world. It happens. It's not her being a bad mother. It's being a mother kind of stretched and has to, you know, put her resources where she th- thinks they will, are needed at the moment. But she's great. And she gets that, she gets that across throughout the whole film. Lawrence Fishburne, in a role that I read was originally they were looking to cast Sidney Poitier in. <laughs> hey, aim for the stars. <laughs> I, I guess. Yeah. And they realized they wanted someone a little younger. Yeah. A lot yeah. younger. And thus they went with uh, Lawrence Fishburne. I think that's a smart choice. Absolutely. I think that's a smart choice, primarily because I think Lawrence Fishburne, despite how long he has been in the game, you got to remember he's been acting since he's been like two. Yeah. Almost. Um, he can play calm. Mm-hmm. Like Lawrence Fishburne can be very intense. We know this. But, and he can like command uh, uh, the screen. But he, he is a very, he, he is a, he's a very um, considerate and gracious actor he's giving and he loves and i like seeing him work with people and especially with akila they work very well 
together mm -hmm. in this movie. Um, you learn that he had he suffered a setback in his life that kind of resonates with Akilah and gives you a little bit of a hint to why the two of them connect so well. That part felt a little okay. This is very cut by the numbers, mm -hmm. um, paint by numbers as far as the sports film type of thing. Right. But yeah, I didn't mind it because it's still, it's done, it's portrayed so it's well. It's done so well. Everything on this film is done so well. The direction, the writing, the all of the acting, it is done so well, and it it gets over because of Kiki Palmer. Mm. Because Kiki Palmer, at this very young age, is a superstar. Yeah. From the first moment she steps on onto the screen, you cannot take your eyes off of her. And yet she she never overplays a scene. She never underplays it. She's right in step. You almost feel like it, you're not even quite sure if she is acting. Mm -hmm. so, um, which is a compliment to her, especially at such a such a young age. She is um she is witty. She's smart. She's she she gets over there. There are some very touching scenes that she gets over. You feel the connection with her with her mom. It doesn't feel saccharine at all. It doesn't feel phony. It feels realistic. You feel her connection with her brothers and her sisters. Mm -hmm. You feel That's that, right. that, that like they are real brothers and sisters and not just two actors in a room. And it's not like phony TV brothers and sisters. It, it, it feels real. Um, every relationship that she is in the midst of in this movie feel 100% authentic. And that is primarily because of the work that she is doing in this movie. She just still steals it. She kills it. She kills it in this movie. All of that packages together to make a sensational film, A Kill and the Bee, which I thought I had seen before. Oh, okay. And I maybe had seen pieces of. I don't think I've ever seen this film. So this is my first time watching this nice. film. Nice. And now that I have watched the film, I will give you my review of <laughs> A Kill and the Bee. And my two-word review... <laughs> Of Aquila and the B, yes, is fuck Rocky. Ah. <laughs> I don't never ever need to see Rocky again. Never, <laughs> let alone he lost. But I never ever yes. see, need to see Rocky us. again. If you want to see the best sports competition movie that is out there, it is. Without a shadow of a doubt, Aquila and the Bee. Yeah, yeah. This, this is this. Everything you said. Yes, yes. I think. Um, before I even get to that, I will say this. I, I think this is a wonderful love letter to the power of community. Like when the, I think there's this wonderful transition that Akilah goes through in the movie. As he mentioned, she lives in South Central. This is a film that does not sugarcoat mm -hmm. the the challenges that this community is going through. Like you said very early, they let you see that there there are parts of this community that that is poor. Mm -hmm. Parts of this community that's, you know, her father 
has fallen to violence. It looks like her brother has fallen in with the local heavy mm-hmm. who that it they even though they don't spend a lot of time with it, it is heavily implied that he is a drug dealer or some type of criminal. And throughout the film, you see the transformation in her understanding that this is a community. Mm-hmm. This is her neighborhood. This is who she is repping. And this is who carries her and supports her. Yeah. And and I love that aspect of it. Uh, everything you said about the direction, the direction is razor sharp. And I wish that um Doug Atchison. Doug Atchison would have done more. And, I know. And would do more. I know. Be, because this is an amazingly confident uh director mm-hmm. in this film. Whether we're talking about the establishment of different places, whether we are talking about setting up a spelling bee. Yeah. In such a gripping manner, there are moments where where Aquila is with Dr. Laramie in his home and and his use of natural light. Mm-hmm. Like they're actually bathed in golden sunlight. Like it's just this perfect environment for her to learn all of that. Uh, this is Lawrence Fishburne and Angela Bassett at the height of their powers in their careers. Like in 2006, they've both been in films already that will define them as actors. And they both give really subtle performances. Mm -hmm. Like I think Lawrence Fishburne as, as Dr. Laramie, who is haunted by, by the tragedy in his life, who is, is, you know, he has that gruff that you get from the mentor. But you can tell he loves Aquila mm-hmm. just because of everything that he's gone through. I think Angela Bassett had a very difficult job with Mrs. Anderson, the overworked widow. And I think in the hands of a lesser actress, this would have been stereotypical. She would have been shrewish. Mm-hmm. She would have been bitchy. She would have been every stereotype of the mm-hmm, black woman that we fight against. But Angela Bassett does such a wonderful job of, as you said, she's just overextended. Yeah. She works all the time. She has four kids and a grandbaby and a grandbaby. You can tell that the the oldest son is, is the star and he's fine and he's off at the air force and he is fine. She never really says it, but you get the sense Kiana is good now. But you feel like maybe she feels like I took the eye off the ball with Kiana. Which is where, why she's where she is. Which is Kiana why she has the, a baby. The baby. Uh, yeah, the older sister. And then you have the younger mm-hmm. son um, played by Julio um, McCollum. Yeah. Who, who did such wonderful work on The Wire. Mm-hmm. And I wish he would work more as Terrence. And, and she got to keep her hand on that boy because he is trouble. Mm-hmm. And as he says, Akila just gets lost in the sauce because i'm dealing with all of this other stuff but but um angela bassett has heart angela bassett has nuance she's got a little bit of humor Mm -hmm. in her like she's fantastic so you have these two titans of actors with angela bassett 
and Lawrence Fishburne. But that damn Kiki Palmer holds her own. She don't even care. This is her film. And the best decision that the director makes, and it was a gamble, like you, like you're rolling the dice, putting an entire film on the shoulders of a child. Mm-hmm. Kiki Palmer is in almost every scene, and she is wonderful. Yeah, she is. She no is wonderful, as you said. I'm talking about Angela Bassett and 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 Lawrence Fishburne, but as you said, with her principal. Curtis Strong. With all three of her siblings, mm-hmm. with her best friend, mm-hmm. with her new paramour. Her, her new, right. <laughs> but even with Dylan, the yeah. evil, the evil spelling champion. Mm-hmm. She has such charisma. She has such chemistry. She has all of that with all of these people. And this is a film that I think is unapologetically heartwarming. Yeah, like you mentioned, the fact that it it very much follow, and some of the criticism says this that that it follow it very much follows the formula of these films. But I think this film it it's sort of the difference between you you know a burger off the dollar menu and you know I don't know you you know a Shake Shack burger like they're both burgers, but one is infinitely better than the other because of the quality of the ingredients. So that even though you know the beats of this film, mm-hmm. they are so lovingly rendered <clears throat> that you can't help but love it. And I have to say, for all the talk of it being a sports film and following the the formula of a sports film, I love the sub, you know spoiler the subversion at the end. Oh yeah, where she basically practices the greatest martial art of all. <laughs> where she turns an enemy into a friend and she and Dylan come to this place together. And I love that. Like I loved everything. Like I have to say, I was was saying, I was sitting, there were parts of this movie today. I was like getting a little welled up. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Like it was like, this is, this is so heartwarming and beautiful. And it is, it's a great film. It's a great film that has aged very very well i think very well because i mean like face it it's the it's the one it is the spelling bee the spelling bee is always going to be the spelling bee Mm -hmm. this is what it is you get up there and you spell right um so it ages well because of that but also because of even in 2006 it's not a film that leans on the vernacular or the technology of the time and it's a film that is about these characters yeah. dealing and these people uh, making their way in this world, which, let's face it, is a world of an of another time, a spelling bee. Right. You right. know, right. Um, you know, most people don't even they don't spell now because there's spell check on your phone. Yeah. Let alone a dictionary. They don't even have the dictionary. You don't even have phone. a dictionary. And, yeah. and, the, and dictionaries were on your phone in 2006. Yes. You know, so the, the, the story, the setting of it in a way, even though it's contemporary, is still of another time. It's kind of timeless. It, yeah. Which makes it timeless, which makes it something that you can always be there. You can always root for. Yeah. And, 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 and I think that also, even though it does show the, the uh 
the different stratas in which the kids at Woodland Hills live versus the the kids in Crenshaw Middle School, um, neither of them it, it, it neither of them are played up. Like the kids in Woodland Hills aren't being picked up in Rolls Royces. Look, I I, you know? I I think you have two depictions. It's kind of like social scientists say. Like social scientists say that everyone in America defines themselves as middle class. Mm-hmm. Like we all think we're middle class mm-hmm. because middle class is code for regular. These are two depictions of regular. Like you said, Woodland Hills except for Dylan, who has a personal tutor, they have a school tutor that they all share. It's, Dylan don't have a personal tutor, tutor. He's got a mean old father. No, no, no. Remember, Dylan says he, he Dylan actually says he has a personal tutor, not tutor, coach. Okay. For, oh, that's for, right, that's right, right. Right, right, right. You know, they got the, they have the school coach. It's a nice school, but like you said, nobody is, is coming in in a helicopter mm-hmm. and all. Javier has a nice house. He yeah. says, you know, my dad writes books. It's a nice office, but it's not the set from Arrow mm-hmm. or Bel Air. Crenshaw, where she lives, it's a lot of trash on the ground. Like I said, Derek T, heavily implied, is into some type of crime. But it's a neighborhood. It's a community. You see the same people over and over. Everyone comes together to coach her. Like, I love the fact that he's the big, you you know, he's the big heavy in the neighborhood. But Derek T is part of the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And he helps to coach her as well. So that in a lot of ways, I think this is superior to a lot of these sports films. Because even the antagonists they aren't really bad guys. Like very early on, you find out that Dylan has this overbearing father. Yeah. So like Dylan's is kind of a, you know, he's a little jerk, but you, you get where it comes from early on, which then when you get the subversion that I talked about at the end, where the two of them are basically bantering with each other, it feels natural. Mm-hmm. Like this isn't some last minute thing. Right. And and even that, I think, like I said, this is just such a heartwarming, beautiful film. And you said that Dylan is a jerk. And maybe he he's he's a bit of a jerk to her when he, when they first meet. When right. She comes to the school and he's like, you know, gives her a word to spell. She can't spell it. And he's like, well, if you can't spell that, then you need to get out of here. Right. You know what I mean? Um, and, and like, yeah, he's he, he's a jerk. He's a jerk there. But. It's almost like he's a jerk because he just doesn't know any better. Right, right. And, and once he gets to know her, there's you, you, you can sense you can sense actually throughout the film that, that there's a begrudging level of respect for her that is always growing and welling in him. Right. You know, which is why at the end when they do face off. And she's like, you know, like, like, you know, like, yo, your father's going to be like mad at you and everything like that. I love that. He's like, listen, my dad is just mad because he ain't never, <laughs> he never, <laughs> which is fantastic. Well, I, I, I loved it. It's a, such a fantastic little detail. Cause he, cause he, and he, and he just delivered. My dad ain't, went, ain't, ain't, went nothing. that's all he mad about. Right. I ain't thinking about him. Right. So this isn't a matter of you're going to let down the family name because you come from a line of champions. Yeah. 
You're just that whack sports dad. Yeah. And 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 Dylan already has his like like yes, would he like to win? Because of course, who doesn't want to win? Right, right. But he but he even says, like, I've won second place two times in a row. Right, right. You know, my career is set. I know where I'm going, school. Look, I know where I'm I'm good. I already know what I'm putting in the essay to Princeton. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. I'm I'm good. <laughs> so you do what you gotta do. Right. We'll we, we, we either make it happen or we won't. Right. You know what right. I mean? So so I I I love that coming together. I saw in the in the chat that uh Down to Mars girl says, uh, shout out to the friend who wanted to be a flight attendant, wonder where she is now. Boy. That is Georgia played the Howard Gary, who apparently didn't do much else acting wise. Boy, that made me laugh out loud. She said, if I could spell like that, I know I could be a flight attendant. I know. I know. I did love that. She was so look. She was fantastic. What what I also appreciated about her and appreciated even more so about this script is that the script found the time to, like it like you said, it has like the breadcrumbs about the son dealing with the streets. Yes, dirty. Right. And and you get the scene where it Mama Angela Bassett is like yelling at him, like you know, like, no, nah, you're not gonna be out on these streets, you're gonna be in here. But you you also get the sense that that is like she's fighting an uphill battle. Yeah. Like the streets are still calling. I think he's actually back on the streets. Right, right. And uh, and, and and she gotta go to work. And she gotta go to work. You know what I mean? So you never know how that's going to play out. But the friendship between Georgia and Akilah, because you're introduced to the film through it, Mm -hmm. like right at the beginning, you're invested in it. Yeah. And And even though they don't have a lot of scenes together, the scenes that they have, they're best friends. Yeah. So that... With at the scene where later on Aquila in developing a friendship with Javier is going to his house for the birthday, I think it is spot on that she invites her best friend. Hey, I'm going to this great house for a birthday. Why don't you come with me? Like, sure, I want to come. Yeah. And then she gets intimidated, right? By looking from the outside at everybody there. And I don't know who knows why she's getting intimidated got intimidated but i can understand her sure i mean it's the balloons and the balloons and you're seeing like these kids from and by kids let's not you know not to put too fine of a point on it it's a lot of white kids a lot of white kids you know i don't really you know i'm from crenshaw right right so you're worried about maybe embarrassing yourself like that and and you're hanging with your your friend who if nothing else knows how to spell the words that these kids are going to be saying. You may not even know that? you know what the words are. Yeah. So, um, you know, she, she gets intimidated by that, which then leads her to recede a little bit from their friendship, right? As Akilah's star starts to, be, to rise a little bit and she becomes like the talk of Crenshaw because this is young kid from Crenshaw is going to be yeah. the natural spelling bit. <laughs> It plays out in a scene where Akilah comes to her house, you know, not ambivalent to what's going on, but it's coming to her house to like, cause she wants to see her friend. Yeah. Oh yeah. And her friend, I think, even though she has receded from their friendship, from the limelight of their friendship a little bit, 
is still very much her friend. She's got probably a little bit of jealousy, a little bit of envy, a little embarrassment or whatever. But she she tells her, yeah, but I still want you to make it. Yeah. I yeah. still want you to do it. Yeah. Killer, Killer says I'm going to quit. And she says, I don't want you to quit. You, girl, yeah. you, better, you better go do that. Yeah. And, you know, like, like I love you, but like, yo, go do that. Yeah. And then Akila presents her as like, yeah, but I'm going to do it. I got to do it with you. Right. Because you're my best friend. Boom. That's it. Love that. I love the economy of that script. Yeah. Because in lesser hands that had been this whole, you know, yin and yang and all this other strong and, and you didn't need it. It was just two girls talking as friends. They are, they're still friends finding a way to navigate with one another and yo, let's make it happen. And then Georgia is right there with her mom cheering on her best friend. Look, I, I, I love, that's the scene that almost made me cry. Yeah. Look, 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 what else can you say about it? I can't. Yeah. 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 Well, even before we get to that, you know, the cherry on top, What's the cherry? Of, a, of a killer in the bee? Like the cherry on top that I thought about the whole time I was watching it. A few years ago, when Zala, avant-garde, the little sister who was the second black person oh, yeah. to ever win the spelling bee, actually won the spelling bee, Kiki Palmer called her that's right. and said, you're the real Akilah. That's, that's the first cherry on top. The second cherry on top, and maybe it's not a cherry on top, of ice cream is more like sometimes they give you two cherries in an old fashioned. So it's like the second old cherry in old fashioned. Kiki Palmer in her doing the circuit this summer, the interview circuit because in the publicity, because of Nope, was a wonder and a joy. Yes, she was. I watched every bit of interview that Kiki Palmer did because she is fantastic. Mm -hmm. And one of the most fantastic moments from Kiki Palmer this summer was her doing her imitation of Angela Bassett. Oh, really? I didn't see that. If you have not seen Kiki Palmer imitating Angela, it is hilarious. So is she doing just Angela Bassett or is she doing Angela Bassett? She is doing Angela Bassett in, in, in the Jacksons, (laughs) an American dream. Oh, wow. And then what is the other movie? And I don't even know what, because when she starts doing Angela Bassett as Katherine Jackson, I heard her, I heard her on the phone. I don't even remember the other one. But now every time I watch Akilah and the Bee, I'm wondering, is Kiki Palmer studying Angela Bassett so that she can work on her Angela Bassett impersonation? Well, this is probably where it started. Yeah. This but, is probably where it started, yeah. So... Those two things I thought about the entire time I watched this. Having said that, okay, Lynn, yes, would you recommend Akila in the Bay? I would not only recommend. You know, first of all, yes, I would recommend Akila in the Bay. I will go one further step um, beyond that. I think that Akila in the Bay should be must watch for a family. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think this is an excellent movie for a family to sit down and watch. If if you've never seen it, you should see it. If you did see it, I guarantee it's probably been a long time. It's worth um, revisiting, rewatching. It still stares at heartstrings. It's still very funny. Um, It still has great performances. 
And it's a phenomenal film. And I love the film so much that I watched it, enjoyed it. And in this digital age, I ordered it and the DVD is making its way to me because this is a film that I want to own. Yeah, yeah. I I 100% agree with you. I I think everyone should see Akil and the Bee. I think since 2006, this is one of those films that immediately became a classic, Mm -hmm. like a black classic film. And certainly bus rides, family reunions, family gatherings. It's funny you said that you thought you had seen it, but you don't know if you've seen it from beginning to end. And I know that's absolutely correct because since 2006, I know for a fact that you've been in housefuls of black people (laughs) that this was playing on the television somewhere. Yeah. And it 100% deserves that honor Mm -hmm. that when you think of films like the whiz you think of films like um you know the preacher's wife you think of films like as much as we're not fans but you know tyler perry's entire body of work i think this very much deserves to be in that sort of honored number of films that is played at stuff so that the whole family watches it and the whole family takes it in. Yeah, this is this is fantastic work. This is absolutely fantastic. Okay. You, you okay. That Tyler Perry stuff took me a little I bit. I mean, you know, the people decide this. Th- that, that's true. Right? The people decide. That's true. That's true. And everybody everything don't get to be played. That's very like true. like again, you you you've been to many Black Thanksgivings gatherings much like i have everything don't get to be on the tv that's very very true that big mama location them your cousin you see once a year and the men can't grumble and turn to football it sits on the tv you talking about a damn show mission that's the mission right there what film gets to sit on the television after thanksgiving dinner not many exactly the list is short yeah so there you go this is short uh definitely all right ladies and gentlemen before we get to the film that we will be reviewing next week which is (laughs) not a film hey uh, you you, do your little stuff we'll get to that (laughs) i think it's safe to say the film from next week will not be on any television <laughs> after Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> it may be the Thanksgiving dinner. Do you do your stuff? We'll get, we will get to the film for next week. <laughs> well, before we get there, I invite you to check out the Michelle Mission Two Men One podcast. Every black film ever made. Go to MichelleMission.com where you can hit swag and check out all of the cool designs and gifts that we have available for you from our good friends at T Public. The Michelle Mission has a voicemail. Leave us a voicemail at 215-867-9666. Tell Vince and Len what is on your mind. You can also email us at Mission at gmail.com. Like and follow us on all the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Mission. You can also subscribe. Subscribe to the Michelle Mission on YouTube or on Twitch. But on YouTube, you can go to YouTube.com slash 
Misho Mission. Subscribe to us. Check it out. And wherever you check out our podcast, please give us a five-star rating and a review because that helps people find our show. We're trying to make our way to 200 reviews by the end of the year. So if you've already left us a ranking and a review, please tell a friend. If you haven't, take a couple of seconds. Take a second to leave us a rating, and it takes even maybe a minute more to write us a little review. They rock. Please do. Thank you. And the Michelle Mission is a proud, proud member of the Podglomerate Curated Podcast Network. They make podcasts work. All right. Uh, I want to let you know that the music for the Michelle Mission is presented to you by our good friend, Alexa Gold. Our social media is handled by Toya Haynes and assistant producer for the Michelle Mission is Mo Poplar. Next week on the Michelle Mission, it's that guy's choice. Yes, Vincent. And for the first time in a long time, he's he dug in the crates. (laughs) He scraped the bottom of the crate. (laughs) Actually, he reached to the bottom of the crate, found a hole. (laughs) Moved Soul Plane out of the way. (laughs) Have you ever seen this? No. Then what did I, you don't know then? Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> From 1968. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, I've been waiting for this. Oh, my God. Yes, 1968, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Sammy Davis Jr. <laughs> Peter Lawford. <laughs> Salt and pepper. <laughs> Sammy's face says it all. Directed by Richard Donner. <laughs> Directed by Richard Donner. <laughs> the man who bought you Superman at Superman 2. One and two. One and two. But first, <laughs> he had some salt and pepper. <laughs> Also, Lethal Weapon. The precursor, which was the sequel, <laughs> perhaps, <laughs> Salt and Pepper. Also, The Omen. So he just got all the bad stuff out of his, <laughs> out of his system with Salt and Pepper. Also, The Goonies. Richard Donner has directed some stuff, including Salt and Pepper. <laughs> The film upon which he cut his teeth. <laughs> the real question, however, is did he direct the sequel to Salt and Pepper? There was a sequel to all right, never mind, never mind, never mind. That's One more next... time. We'll talk about who directed the sequel to Salt and Pepper. Because <laughs> that's a famous director as well. Here's a hint. He's huge in France. Oh. oh yeah, that's who directed it. <laughs> Sometimes we're not thinking of the same person. Um, but that's next week, ladies and gentlemen, here on the Michel Mission. Until then, he's Vince, I'm Len. And in parting, we say. We'll see you when it's time to meet again.